Welcome to Power to the Patient. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Rosenthal. Here at Power to the Patient, we know that true health cannot be found in a pill or a procedure. Rather, it is a series of life choices and commitments that help us feel and function our best. The fact is that 80% of how we age, feel, and function is how we behave. Please join us as we invite real people of all ages and backgrounds to share their personal stories of success when and how they made it their priority to pivot towards better health. Let's welcome today's inspiring hero of health. Hey, Denevi, so nice to have you today with us on Power to the Patient, and we are really excited to hear your incredible story on how you found your way towards better health, how you pivoted to making decisions that help you feel and function better. So please let's begin and uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, I'm excited to share my story and hopefully help inspire others as well. So my name is Denevi Patil. I'm a 24 year old who is now working in marketing in Manhattan. I grew up in Marietta, Georgia in a mixed race family kind of an interesting dynamic, especially the place I grew up with um, or grew up in, it wasn't super common to have mixed race families. And both of them had very um, firm and kind of more alternative opinions on health and things like that. So I kind of grew up with a anti-doctor mentality, <laughs> which is okay. not like, yeah, like not 100% um, anti-doctor, but it was like only go to the doctor if it's 100% necessary. Well, balance is good. You know, there's so many people who are the other way, right? I grew up in that my mother would take us to the doctor for every little thing because it was a little bit fear-based. So um, we should have yeah. grown up together. Maybe we could have figured it out a little oh, earlier. Somewhere in the middle there if we'd done that. <laughs> yeah. No, super interesting because, you know, our backgrounds and our sort of family culture around health really, you know, affects us going forward. So that's super interesting. Tell us a little bit about who did you feel when you were growing up? Um, you definitely had this sort of alternative perspective. Who did you feel was in charge of your health? Like, was it you, your parents? I mean, when you were a little kid, of course it wasn't you, but like, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I would, I would definitely say it was, for the most part, my parents. They, they had a lot of impact on kind of how I viewed and interacted with my own health. I we pretty much did mostly homeopathic medicine. I never really took any type of prescription drugs unless it was, you know, absolutely necessary. Um, fun fact, I actually like never took antibiotics until I was uh, 18. <laughs> and it was when I came down, I think it's like, uh, when I tell people that they're like, how like, I took so many antibiotics growing up. I'm like, I don't know. I just never had to, or my parents just never wanted me to take them. So I, the first time I did it was when I came down with a really bad like case of stress. And then by taking them, I came to the conclusion or realization that I was allergic to both of them. Um, so it was a good thing. I probably didn't take them growing up <laughs> in my life. Wow. That's, that's an incredible story. I mean, escaping antibiotics till the age of 18 is pretty amazing because as you know, that or might know, that we really overuse antibiotics, especially in this country, we overuse antibiotics like, like crazy. But how ironic that you found out that you were allergic to it at that point. Um, tell me a little bit. So really interesting. So you've actually had, you know, as a young person growing up, you've been pretty plugged in. Food was really, you know, sort of a, a strong influencer in your family culture and sort of what you could tolerate, what you couldn't tolerate. 
Share some of the messages and influences you've had um, on your habits around health. Tell us about your sister and sort of what was going on there, please. Yeah, of course. So my family, I think there's a lot of just health and dietary problems in general. Um, but for one in particular, my sister, when she was in college, she ended up getting diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease. And at that time, the doctor who diagnosed her was like, okay, like we need to put you on meds immediately. And my dad was like, don't take that for an, an and like, no, 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 like don't just jump on meds. And so she ended up going to several different doctors to get multiple opinions. And most of them in the beginning were like, yeah, you just need to get on meds and like regulate yourself and go from there. And eventually she was able to find more lifestyle and kind of not wellness doctors, but just like lifestyle and diet, like diet focused doctors that recommended tackling the issue first with her diet. Right. And if that helped bring things back to a medium where she saw improvement, then she could actually avoid meds. Um, so for her, she ended up like adopting a completely anti-inflammatory diet as well as cutting out, you know, all gluten and all like other foods that she was also allergic to. So it's very, very clean, um, very just holistic diet that she lives by now. And she's very, very firm with it. Um, and as a result, she never had to go on meds for her Crohn's disease. And it's pretty much totally managed. She has occasional flare-ups, like if she slips and has a couple too many glasses of wine <laughs> one night. But usually if she's careful and can like manage her diet after that, she can bring herself back to a happy medium. Incredible. So she really did a lot of work in figuring out, you know, how her food was really her medicine, right? And yeah. she didn't incur, as we say in medicine, first do no harm, right? So she yeah. completely avoided taking medication. She figured this out on her own, which is amazing. At what age? Well, how old was she when this? When she, she was probably, I want to say my age, as I like where I am right now. I think she was 23, 24. Wow. That's incredible that she really had the presence of mind and maybe from your upbringing, right? Maybe your family, like think for yourself, right? Think differently, ask questions, first do no harm, you know, have a thoughtful approach for being an active participant in your health, which is such an amazing, that's an amazing story. Um, and that influenced you. you, you kind of perked up to that, like, oh, wow, that that's amazing, right? And it makes sense, right? Incredible, incredible story. Um, and she's doing well. She's doing really well, except oh, that she has a little really, Yeah, she like the, I think everyone has those occasional slip ups or like flare ups with any type of autoimmune disorder. Um, but for her in particular, she has a very good grasp on it. Like I'm very like she always is, has been kind of like my health inspiration just because I'm like for someone to have that much dedication um, and also just being willing to change your lifestyle yeah. and make sacrifices uh that you know a lot of people would just be like yeah i'm gonna take the meds if i can you know eat right. the foods i still want to eat if i want to have cheese and all this fun stuff they'll be like yeah put me on the medication um but she was pretty like you know i want to be able to live a normal life without having to de depend on medication for the rest of it amazing amazing that she's taking it's such like dedication to self-care really she cared about herself so much right that she didn't want to incur any kind of risk and she tried it herself with the you know, open mind that if she couldn't manage it, then she was open to sort of adding. So that's having a thoughtful approach to your health like that is, is just incredible. We all should learn from that really. Um, and it sounds like <laughs> you did learn from that, right? Moving on to your life, um, you did, yeah. had a bit of a kind of pivot in your life and you were in college, I think, Denevi, right? College, yeah. 
a sort of medical situation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. I So college, you know, everyone goes crazy in college. <laughs> Not everyone, but a lot of people do in terms of just bad diet, bad health, all that fun stuff. Um, I actually was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, like I think good chunk of women actually do end up getting it in their um, life. And for me, the only solution that's ever like from any gynecologist is that you need to get on birth control. Like you need to start taking the pill and that can help regulate your hormones to, so you can stop producing these cysts and get everything else under control. And so me, when I was diagnosed, I think I was when I want to say like 20 and I was just like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, I never really was on birth control before that. So I was like, you know, this is for my health. Um, and my parents were actually very, okay with it, which was surprising. They were more like, yep, go ahead. Like that's something you have to do, which I think makes sense because for them, they were worried about my reproductive health, like for the future too. That's always been an area of like sensitivity, I think for my family. So they were like anything that can prevent um, long-term damage. So they're like, yeah, go ahead, get on birth control. So I did. And right away off the bat, the first one I got on was horrible. Like I had so many side effects from it. I was getting crazy acne. I had stomach aches all the time. And I was just like bloated 24 seven. And I was like, okay, this is not it. (laughs) And I was on for probably around, I want to say three to four months because they told me like, see it out, see if it regulates a little bit, because you can't always tell if it's been like just a month or two months. And when it wasn't going away, I was like, okay, I need a different brand. Like this isn't working. So they put me on another one, which then took away my like I think it regulated my acne a little bit, but I was still severely suffering from bloat and just kind of overall gut problems. Like I was starting to have a lot of um, eczema flare-ups actually from, and I don't know if it was related to that, but during that time period, it was around like, this one was three months. I was just flare-ups all over my skin. Like I was just itchy, crazy. So I was like, okay, I need to do another one. Long story short, I ended up trying four different um, birth controls. And on the very last one, I I actually experienced like really bad mood swings as well as I started getting ocular migraines, which I never experienced before in my life. Um, and for people who don't know what an ocular migraine is, it's basically when you start seeing these kind of like kaleidoscope patterns like across your eyes and it blurs out a lot of your vision. Um, and the first time I experienced this, I had actually just gotten home from dry. I was driving, I think from school back to my house off campus. And I got to the house and I was just hanging out and I suddenly started seeing these like sparks of color. I don't know. The only way you can really describe it is like, you're looking through a kaleidoscope, but the scary thing about it is like, when you look around, it's always the same shape across your vision. So it's not like it's morphing and changing. It's like one big spot and it like completely blinds you. Right. So in that moment, I, I thought it was dying. I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, like this is this must be what it's like right before you die. Because I've never experienced something like that. And like, I don't think anyone really tells you or was like, watch out for ocular migraines when you grow up. So I was, you know, completely baffled. And I ended up having to be like, OK, like, let's like I'm not I'm, I don't feel bad. I'm not dying. So let me look up on my phone, try to see what this could be. And I came to the conclusion that they were ocular migraines. And I had the first one, talked to my parents about it. And they were like, 
well, like your mom has a history of migraines in general. So that's a good note to tell, you know, your doctors and everything. And maybe it's just starting to occur. You know, maybe you're at the age where they start showing up. So it's like, okay, sounds good. Fast forward a month, I got another one. And I was like, weird, because it was just a month difference. Um, but I went through the same thing and I was like, okay, this is fine. It was the third month in a row and I got it pretty much around the same time um, leading up to my period. And I started putting these dots together. Where I was like, the only time I'm having an ocular migraine is four days before I get my period. And I was like, this is so weird. So I went to my gynecologist and I was like, I started having these like weird ocular migraines. Could this be related to my birth control? And the first, like literally she was just like, no, that's definitely not a possibility. Um, like you mentioned before that you have a family history. So it's probably just occurring right now. And you probably need to see, you know, a primary doctor and get that sorted out and maybe get on, see if that needs to be medicated. Now it's just like, I don't know. I like kind of took that for an answer there. Cause I was like, all right, like, I don't know what else to say. And I didn't really want to switch birth controls again. Cause I was like five too many. <laughs> so I went back home and actually my own prerogative, I just went down a deep dive, um, searching on Google and I was like, okay, like, let me just type in ocular migraine, birth control for my specific brand I was on too. And I ended up finding a bunch of different forums and just chats in general where people are like, yeah, like I was on this birth control for three, four months and I started developing ocular migraines as a result of it. And I was just baffled because, wow, this is proof that I'm not crazy. That I <laughs> was like, yeah, I definitely have something that is a direct correlation to this pill that I've been taking. And when I went back to my doctor and kind of shared this with her or my gynecologist, she was like, well, yes, it can happen in like very, very rare cases, but it's like you have a history of it. So there's a great, there's a high probability that it's also related to your just genetics. And so I was like, okay, that's fine, but I still want to get off of it. Right. So I ended up just completely getting off birth control. And at that point, I just kind of felt like helpless and kind of just torn because the other option she said to kind of regulate any of the side effects of it was, I think it's called spirulina or something. It's um, basically it lowers your blood. It's a blood pressure medication, I think. Um, I always mix them up. So, um, but yeah, she's like, you can get on this. And I was like, I can't get on that. I'm already prone to fainting. <laughs> I'm like, if I take a medication that lowers my blood pressure, I'd probably Ooh. faint off. Bye-bye, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's not an option. So I was just feeling like completely just lost. I want my, my ocular migraines to go away. I don't want to have to be on this medication that makes me feel miserable. Like I just felt miserable all the time. It was a good year of my life where I just felt like terrible. And I was like, I really want to just stop this. So I ended up, you know, talking to my sister more and more about this. And she's like, well, you know, a lot of your hormones, like, are connected to your gut, right? There's a lot of research and a lot of, you know, people, doctors that are starting to say like, you know, there's a lot connecting your gut health, your hormones, and just your overall health. And she's like, maybe start looking online and seeing if you can find some resources for other people that, you know, don't want to be on birth control when they have PCOS and see if they manage it through whether it's diet, supplements, um, lifestyle, so kind of pivoting from that, I went on another deep dive and I was like, okay, I'm going to find a cure for this. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out my life and get this situated. The research team of one. I, know. And <laughs> I love Fortunately, it. 
I came to the realization though, that there was no cure and that's what everyone says. Right. But part of me was hoping for a miracle. Like I'll find this one magic supplement or this one magic diet that'll fix my problems. But the unanimous opinion was like, there is no cure for this. Right. But you can manage it and make it so that you are not portraying as much of the negative side effects or the really bad hormonal imbalances, right. Through whether it's, your diet or through different forms of like exercises and things like that. So my plan of action was just to, I, I honestly ended up adopting almost the exact same diet that my sister did um, because the anti-inflammatory actually seems to help my eczema as well. So it was kind of like this really big convoluted circle of life in my body that I was like, okay, switch up my diet, start exercising daily, create, you know, start taking vitamin D because I'm low in that all the time. Like make sure I'm taking a multivitamin, start taking probiotics so I can get my gut back in check. And the entire time I was just, it was just a lot, right? It's so much, such a big lifestyle change that I really tried to implement within like a couple months of <laughs> getting off birth control. It's a roller coaster. That's quite a story, um, but taking, <laughs> but knowing, right? Like not just taking it for, oh, this is in your DNA because it's genetic, but realizing that it didn't sound right to you, right? Like, because you're like, well, I never had these migraines before. You did a little research so that it was maybe connected to your, you know, hormonal cycle. And, you know, you had the fortitude and the intelligence, right? And the idea like, hey, wait, I can do this. I can maybe do this better, which is huge, right? <laughs> and not just being a passive uh, kind of consumer, right? When you knew, you trusted yourself, you trusted your body, you knew it was possible from your sister, right? You grew up with some like, oh, maybe there's another lane here, which is pretty amazing. Um, and again, at a young age, right? Um, and you decided to sort of figure it out for yourself. And it sounds like, how is your PCOS? Is it sort of under control or, you know? Do so it's a lot more manageable. Um, now, I, so I do go to a gynecologist now who, you know, I've informed, like, I don't want to go on birth control to manage it. I'm trying to do it through lifestyle and other things. And she like agrees that it's fine for now because my case is not severe and I don't have giant cysts on my ovaries. They're all very manageable. And so after I want to say like five months of going off of birth control and starting to regulate my diet and everything, my ocular migraines just went away, like completely gone. Um, I haven't experienced one since my last year of college and now it's been two and a half years since then. So like, it's been a, such a relief just to know that at least one portion that I had felt out of control in my life was solved. Um, and know that, yeah. And know like there can always be cases where you're like, Oh, like it could just be your hormones changing. Cause right. I know. And like when you turn 24, 25, there's a big hormonal shift. Right. But like a part of me is like, I feel like there's too much of a coincidence to erase that there is definitely some sort of correlation there. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's an amazing story, you know, when you figured out so many things for yourself. Let me ask you something. How hard was it for you to make these lifestyle changes for you? So it was actually pretty hard. So one of the other things I did besides adopting an anti-inflammatory diet was I decided to become just fully vegetarian um, for a time. And that was tough because I, I was predominantly vegetarian for a lot of my life, but 
we did on occasion like eat meat or eat seafood and I really love seafood growing up so for the first like five months where I was purely vegetarian it was really tough for me and it was just tough having to remind myself to keep up the workout <laughs> like commitment that I told myself I needed to do I wanted to just you know feel healthy and feel better and work on just making everything in my body just like a well-oiled machine. Um, but it was, it was just difficult to commit myself to doing it. Cause there were times when I'd be like, Oh, I'm out with friends and they want to order a cheese board. So why don't I just order <laughs> Like, why don't I just hop on with them? And I had to be like, no, like you're going to hate yourself later. So don't do it. Um, and I did have slip ups, right. I would cheat. And like a couple times I'd get red meat or I'd go and I'd eat that fondue cheese board or whatever. But it always did end up making me feel like kind of sluggish and just it would affect like I would feel like rock in my digestive system afterwards. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, like, it's just not worth it. Like, it's really not worth it. Um, but I did end up becoming pescatarian. Um, and the sole reason for that was because I realized I did need my normal sources. I don't really like beans a lot. So it was hard for me as a like strict vegetarian to get a lot of the protein that I needed, as well as omega threes. I didn't end up having to like, it's been a learning and kind of growing experience to understand my own body and what I should and shouldn't do. A little experimenting, you know, experimenting with yourself, right? And then yeah. taking the cues that I always say your body doesn't lie, right? Your body's not going to lie to you. So if you have the doesn't. presence of mind, right? To think a little mm -hmm. long-term, like, mm, it's like a risk-benefit calculation, which we're all doing now for COVID, right? Like, is it worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, right? So you're making that assessment, like, yeah, not going to really, you know, is it supporting me or is it really depleting me in some way? And mm -hmm. your, you know, your maturity, your will to sort of want to feel well and function well is probably supporting you to make the decisions that, you know, yeah, life is tempting and it doesn't mean it's not fun, but it's not fun to not feel well either, right? So the cheese Absolutely. board, right? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> right, the cheese board is there, but, you know, you may be thinking how that's going to feel, you know, for you and everybody has to make that calculation for themselves. It's like that way, it's weighing, you know, the short-term pleasures versus the long-term yeah. um, health and feeling good. Like, it's like, I could feel really good that one night eating the cheese board or getting Korean barbecue and getting a bunch of red meat, but then I'd probably be feeling the after effects for at least the next couple of days. So it's like, is it worth it? Like, is it worth that <laughs> one moment? <laughs> Life yes. is like that. Let me yeah. ask you, was there anybody, um, Denevi, that supported, that you felt was really like a big support for you? Um, any roadblocks to changing, like any surprises, setbacks? So tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, so my, like, as we talked about my sister, um, she actually was a huge support with um, encouraging me to kind of adopt this new sense of just overall wellness and dietary changes, as well as like taking back my own health through my diet and through my lifestyle and what I did. So for her, like with, without her total encouragement and kind of being like, Hey, if you come over tonight, we'll cook this meal. That's both me and you friendly. <laughs> like without that kind of encouragement, I, I don't think I would have come to this conclusion or, or the state where I'm at right now as quickly. Like, I think it would have taken me probably like a couple of years to fully commit myself the way I am right now, but kind of having like this personal cheerleader in your lane, um, who's, who's already done it. Right. So I can, not just someone who's telling me to do it because they read online. They're like, Oh, this works. It's someone that's like 
I've lived through it. I've been there and <laughs> you'll save yourself years of pain that I went through if you just do it this way. Right. Oh, lucky so you, like, lucky her. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm very lucky that I have her in my life for sure. <laughs> yeah. What a great ally in like her, you know, she had her own health journey and then you kind of hooked in for different reasons and now you support each other, which I hear all the time in my office, like, you know, somebody, you know, like a married couple say, right. Somebody really wants to be on the program of like getting healthy. And then they have a spouse or somebody they're living with who, you know, it's so hard to negotiate it, but lucky for you, not that everybody in your life may be on the program, as we say, but um, you're lucky that you have somebody so close to you that can help support you. Any, so you have that as a, a, a you know, an external ally. What about in, any internal challenges for yourself? Was this, you know, super hard struggle, you know, tell me. Yeah, I mean, I would say at the end of the day, it's like everyone, people, my dad always told me growing up, like, cause I had a lot of just issues with my confidence and just life in general. And he'd be like, you know, you really are your worst enemy. <laughs> like you're making it so much harder on yourself to do anything just because you don't believe in yourself or you want to take the easy way out of things and not put yourself through a lot of, you know, stress or just hardship. And even to this day, that's still correct in a way, like most external stimulus or like problems I've encountered, I've able, I've been able to overcome. Right. But it's the ones that come from within where I'm like, is it worth it to like be doing all these dietary changes and to be struggling so hard to make sure that I'm adjusting to this lifestyle that I've created for myself or should I just get back on birth control and see if the next one works? Right. It's like, there's a very clear, like easy way out for me that I, I would love to be able to say that I am 100% gung ho on the diet and that I'm never turning away, but there is that little like devil in my ear. that's like, you know, maybe it would be easier. Maybe you didn't try all of them that you could have tried, you know, maybe it's better in the long run if you get back on it. Right. Like, what if this doesn't really do anything and you develop a huge cyst on your, <laughs> on your ovaries because you weren't medicating. And while all those are very unlikely, um, it's still something that I, I am constantly oscillating and kind of battling back and forth with myself on, am I doing the right thing? Cause I'm also still so young and I just don't have the experience to be able to say like, yes, for sure. This is the, the best pathway forward. But overall I, I do try to push back against that side of me or that voice. Cause I think I do have some concrete proof that some things at least are working and I do just overall feel better regardless of my PCOS or regardless of my eczema and my other conditions. Right. Like I, like I just feel better. Like I feel like I'm operating at a higher level just than I was before. So. Well, may I suggest, first of all, congratulations, because you've made a lot of choices and commitments. And as you just articulated, it's not easy, right? Because it takes consciousness, it takes um, sort of commitment to choices. But I think because you are so young, with time, it may just become that's what you do to stay healthy. And sometimes having more things literally on the menu, right, that don't support you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's just kind of, it, it could be more of an anchor. So I get it. Like, I, you know, we all deal with this in, in different ways, but the mindset of like loving foods that love you back, maybe, right. That support you and, and enjoy the lane of ease that you're feeling better. Right. And operating from like, you know, love of 
food, love for yourself, love for your body, love for your health, you know, all of that. May I suggest, right? Rather than fear like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Your body's gonna tell you. So, and it's not like it's an emergency either, right? So, you know, I think you're, um, you know, you're, you're doing a fantastic job of making choices for yourself with yourself in mind. So, you know, you can, if you need to make another decision, another point, you could do that another time, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I know. I always, I feel like sometimes my brain's too big for like, not, not like in the intelligence sense, but it always wants oh, to jump. Oh, I think it is in the intelligence sense, but go no. ahead. <laughs> I don't want to take my heart and be like, oh yeah, I'm super smart. No, it's more like, um, it's always trying to jump ahead to this bigger issue that I haven't addressed yet, where it's like, well, like this could happen in the future and you're not preparing for it. And I'm like, you know what? I need to take it one day at a time with this type of stuff yes. because yes. no one, can, like you said, like no one can look into the future, right? No one can see what's going to happen. So you might as well focus on what you can right now. Exactly. Be the best you can in the moment and make the, and then you will by definition have a better tomorrow, which it sounds like you're doing like wonderfully, right? So, okay. I asked this question to my guests and you were, kind of shy about this, your health superpower. <laughs> and I have heard so many of them. Um, anything that you think is like your sort of tailwind in life, like something that you do that kind of sends you to like a better place, mentally, physically, you know, and something that you've committed to doing. You talked a lot about your food, which is huge. Anything, yeah. you so, know. Yeah. Superpower, I mean, like what I do really well. I'm, I, I guess that was my thing. I was like, what, what can I consider like my superpower in health? Um, it's a weird way of phrasing, I think for me, but I was just, wasn't, Yeah, like, I, I don't know how to answer that. Well, I'm hearing many that you are disciplined enough to, you know, take care of yourself in a way that supports your health, which is amazing. So I, I'm gonna say that your superpower and being in charge and making decisions for yourself and listening. So I would say that's your healthy superpower, listening to yourself and making smart decisions accordingly, which is rare. <laughs> let me let me tell you, I've been in practice <laughs> for 30 years. Yeah. It's rare and I think you're just being humble. So <laughs> let me ask you, um, do you know, you've obviously your sister inspired you, right? Mm -hmm. And you're sort of on a path of healthy. Um, yes. Do you know if you've inspired anybody, you're inspiring me, but anybody <laughs> in your life or that you've in contact with that you've inspired, do you think, and anything that you want to share with our listening audience of, you know, any pearls of wisdom to sort of help people do it better for themselves? Yeah, I, so I do think, I like to think, you know, I can't ever say 100% certainly, but I like to think that I have actually had a pretty strong influence on at least some of my friends in particular when it comes to birth control. Because um, most people my age, most women my age, we're all on birth control, right? It's just pretty normalized. And, you know, you turn to a certain age, if you want to, you can get on the pill. And especially because a lot of colleges offer it for free um, or at a very low cost and you can avoid going to your parents or going through your parents' insurance. So there are a lot of different reasons people go on birth control. And so in my case though, I'd always be like, for a lot of people who are on it, like you're on it for years and years and years at a time, right? And there are a lot of proven research, like a lot of proven research that's like long-term use of hormonal birth control can really affect your body in the long-term. So stepping away from my own issues with the PCOS, I'm like, you know, 
for my friends who were on birth control or taking the pill, I'd be like, have you looked into, you know, an IUD or other types of birth controls that are less strongly hormonal, right? You can get like a isolated IUD. You can get, there are a lot of other forms that have less side effects and less long-term effects on your body, especially if you're using it for contraceptive purposes and not to regulate your hormones, right? So I actually have a lot of my friends ended up getting off the pill um, and just either stopping using birth control completely or went to other forms. So I do like to think just me kind of constantly blabbing them about my feelings about birth control um, had an impact because <laughs> I do. I, I feel like that's one of the areas I am very strong about. You know, it's a shame that a lot of people are we're not really well educated on it. Um, it's just considered something that you take to prevent pregnancy or, you know, if someone like me is diagnosed with PCOS. The first thing they do is put you on birth control. There's not a lot of information or things taught about what it can do to your body long term. Right. And also because sex ed sucks, <laughs> like a lot of sex ed in the U.S. Are just, I think, sucks in general. So people don't even know what the birth control is actually doing yeah. in their body. Options. Yeah. It's all about asking questions. I mean, what? See, all right, you're another superpower. You're a health influencer. This is huge. You know, <laughs> giving people the, the, you know, planting a seed in people's head and really opening up a whole lane of education about asking questions, right? Again, mm -hmm. first do no harm, right? Medicines can yeah. help, medicines can harm. You want to be thoughtful about, is there anything I could do that's non-pharmacological, right? That could keep me healthy and, you know, keep me not pregnant in this case, right? So that's yeah. another superpower, by the way. We're going to keep racking them up. For you. <laughs> I'm going to keep tallying them up. You know? I definitely think that's just like how I've, and I do owe a lot of that to my parents, like and my sister and the entire thing of being like, I've always been encouraged from a very young age, just ask questions about everything which sometimes is annoying, right? It's like, <laughs> if I'm like asking questions about every single detail, people are like, please shut up. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I, when it's something that directly affects me and my health and my body yeah. or even my well-being in just terms of career or uh, finances or just anything, right? I'm like, what, like what harm can come from asking too many questions to like None. better? Zero. Um, exactly. <laughs> But a lot of people are afraid of it or just don't even think to ask it um, like at all. Like I'll be like one of my friends, especially when she goes to her gynecologist, I'm always encouraging her to ask a bunch of questions because she has a lot of conditions. And I'm like, you need to ask like X, Y and Z, ask about the side effect of this medication. You need to make sure that like how long are you going to be on there? Is it longer than six months? Like how long? You know, and I'm, she's just like, I would never think to ask stuff. I'm like, well, you should <laughs> like, please do. And so. I do. Yeah, that is, I think if I was to say my strongest superpower, it probably is like encouraging people to think for themselves as well as just ask questions that can better their own life. Because unfortunately, where we are right now is a lot of just doctors and gynecologists and stuff. I mean, a lot of them are they have a lot of patience, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. unless you know what questions to ask, they're not going to think to tell you very specific things. Exactly right. You have to be your own best advocate. And doctors generally, you know, have their patients in mind and they're doing the best they can, but they're not really, yeah. you know, unfortunately often having the time or even the inclination to be talking about a lot of medicine, the way it's practiced is very reactive, right? Oh, you have this symptom, take this drug. You have this problem, have this procedure, right? It's not generally, unfortunately, very proactive of how we can prevent it because you land in the doctor's office 
generally when you have a problem, except if you're going for sort of a regular checkup or screening, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, and I hate to say it, but it's a practical thing. Like doctors aren't really paid for their time or their education, right? So that's why we're having these conversations to educate yeah. people, regular people, to ask the questions, what can I do to help myself? Um, and you're kind of lucky in a way if your doctor has the time or the, the knowledge base, quite frankly, at times, to have these details conversations. Because as we know here at Power to the Patient, 80% <laughs> of how we age, feel, and function is how we behave, and it's our lifestyle choices, right? When your friends are not thinking about that. Gen regular people are not thinking. They go to the doctor to get healthy, which is really not the way it works. You know, it, health is really a lived experience. So you've done so much, you know, for yourself and then educating your friends on this. And it's, it's huge. And not that you haven't done enough, but anything in the future, any other health goals for you? Um, I always have a lot of like lengthy goals that I want, but do I accomplish them all? No, but for right now, at least for my health, I would like to like right now, I kind of just have a, like a gynecologist who I trust and I feel like I can be open with, but I would like to find one that is more specialized in PCOS and maybe has a less uh, pharmaceutical outlook on treating conditions, which I know they exist. It's just hard to find them. Or if you do find them, it's hard to find them with openings. So it's like, right. I would like to be able to find like kind of someone that thinks or is able to tailor more uh, like according to what I'm trying to do right now. And as well as that kind of tie everything in together just long-term. Um, Cause as I mentioned before, like I do have eczema, which is you know, an autoimmune disorder, as well as like, I do suffer from anxiety. So it's like, I know a lot of this is all interwoven and interconnected um, just based on my own experiences. I'm like, wow, they, yeah, sure. your body is a big unit, <laughs> I feel right. like. So uh, I was just saying, I would love to be able to um, kind of get more of a firmer grasp on where all these things are connecting and kind of create like a better just on wholesome understanding of my body. Cause even now I still get frustrated when I don't understand why something goes wrong. I'm just like, Oh, it's the end of the world. Cause I'm feeling sick or feeling bad after I eat something. And it's kind of just, I want to be able to just tackle those issues and become more pro as we were just talking about being even more proactive than I am. Cause right now I'm still on a path. This is still my reactionary path. Like everything that I'm doing right now is still mm -hmm. trying to right some of the wrongs that happened and it's leading into proactive behavior, but I would like to encourage more of that within myself. Well, let me just, I'm not an integrative gynecologist, but you're right. The body and the mind is a very interrelated web. And the five things we know from science, just to, to add on, you seem very food focused, which is huge for all of this, which is great. But the five things that I tell my patients regularly that keep people healthy is movement, food, which you really have got down, movement, food, sleep, stress, and the management of, and vices and now devices with all the computers we're on. Um, <laughs> so without going into the details of all those, yes, there's more of a wider funnel approach that you could be taking um, with other lifestyle modifications. Um, go maybe a little deeper in those because you're right, the eczema related to and stress and, you know, you're one, we're one being. We can, we tend to, you know, in this country get very, very diagnostic and, you know, sort of narrow in silos of diagnoses, but you're right. They're all interrelated. So food for thought for you. 
um, all puns intended, I guess, um, that yeah. hasn't talked about, but like your sleep, <laughs> your stress level, your movement, uh, that could be sort of- They're very bad. What's that, very bad, okay. So we'll have to have you on again when we when you, we start tackling some of these other things, but yeah, I just I, wanna, what's that? <laughs> What's I was going to say, when I, manage, when I manage my sleep cycle, I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh, okay. So we found it. Okay. There's still work. There's always work. But yes. congratulations on really figuring out so much for yourself. And it was such a delightful conversation. And I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people to start, you know, you, what you really shared is your way of thinking and what you did about it. And we're happy you're healthier. There's always work to be done for all of us. Thank you so much for sharing your personal story and continue to be well and be healthy. Thanks so much, Genevieve. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad I could share all my information. And uh-huh. hopefully this helps people in the future as well. Thanks so much for joining us today at Power to the Patient. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Rosenthal, with a giant thank you to my partner and the amazing team at MedShadow. MedShadow is a nonprofit whose mission is committed to educating the public on science-based options for making the best healthcare decisions for ourselves and our families. Perhaps you or someone you know have a success story to share. Have you avoided surgery or medication by adopting a healthier lifestyle? Have you beat or reversed a chronic disease by changing the way you eat, sleep, or move? Have you lost weight and got healthier? We would love to hear from you. Please email us at powertothepatientpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well and stay healthy.